Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Tuesday, December 13, 2022. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Well, obviously, by looking at the daily chart and seeing the gap and crap scenario, we have a lot on the table. We had the CPI data release, 8.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. They ran the market up, and this is a trading term, like a bat out of hell. And then she found a number and was summarily rejected. It's what we call in the trading parlance a gap in crap and institutional distribution. As you can see, and most of the volume came in the morning hour as they collapsed the tape, but we did have normal volume today at just under 88 million. Today's volume, 115 and change. That's an uptick in the trading parlance. That's heavier volume than the norm. That counts for raising an eyebrow. Doesn't mean the market comes straight down from here doesn't mean anything one way or the other right now, today. Why is that? Because as we go into tomorrow on Wednesday, we have the FOMC announcement, also known as Kabuki Theater. The Fed is meeting today. The Fed is meeting tomorrow at 2 o'clock in the afternoon Eastern Time. They have an announcement of the interest rate, whether they're going to raise it 50 basis points, 75 basis points, 25 basis points. What do they say after the fact? How does Jerome Powell handle the press conference after the fact? Does the market believe the Fed is going to slow down and therefore rally again? Or was this a one-day wonder with a gap in crap and we're going to sell the news? Well, we don't know exactly what's going to happen tomorrow, but what we do know is this was always a bounce in a downtrend. The question is, from where? Today, they got to and slightly over 4.10. The high today, 4.10.49. The previous high, just recently, was 4.10 on the button. We had a rejection. If they were going to break out above 4.10, they certainly didn't prove it today. We don't know what's going to happen following the FOMC announcement tomorrow afternoon. They could have another jam session like they did on the last Jerome Powell speech was on the 30th of November. So we don't know what's going to happen. We have to have the awareness of what could happen. Taking back the gap and crap, let's just leave it like this. If they take back the gap and crap and they close above today's high and they do it tomorrow, the odds favor there's another leg higher to at least, and this doesn't have to be all there is, but to at least 415. Write that down, put it on a sticky note. And by the way, just so you see what happened on the CPI super spike, the ES, this is the March contract, the futures contract, went all the way up to a high of 4180, trading out today, closing out the day. It's not yet the 415 close as I record this, 4058. So that's quite the fall from where they were early this morning on the CPI spike. This is more dramatic. This is the hourly chart of the continuous contract. 
not the continuous contract, but the Globex data, all the data. And this one, you can see that super spike right when they released the data and then they collapsed back down almost to fill the gap. And now that's an interesting one. So now here's an hourly chart of the SPY. The closing price yesterday is 398.91. The low today is 399.07. So they did not come down to fill the gap. That's by choice since they were pennies away in the big scheme of things after being above 410. So they had a 100 S&P handle collapse and they missed the gap by pennies. I don't buy the story. Is that going to be the most bullish thing on the board and they're going to rally up from here? Is that a bullish signal? Well, we don't know that, and we can know that tomorrow morning if they begin trading above, or tomorrow afternoon for that matter, above certain prices, and inside the number members will have a beat on all that stuff. But know this, that that gap left open from last night is in fact unfinished business. Let's have a discussion from another gear perspective. I want to talk about when we take trades and why we take trades. All trades are not the same, obviously. But today I want to show you an example of something that happened early this morning. So here's the setup. Early this morning, before the opening bell, long before the opening bell, traders from the Lazy Swing Trader product got an alert that said, new trade alert. What are we doing? We're shorting the market at these highs right here. Now, if they go higher, we had a plan in place. This was not meant to be a day trade. However, some traders turned it into a day trade. Why is that? Because they got a whole bunch of return on their trade in a matter of hours, minutes, however you want to look at it. Now, that wasn't the intent of the position, but look what happened, and here's the thing. You never know which one is going to give you the rocket ride. Where have you heard that before? And we take trades at the most critical places. So this is going to be a breakout area. If the market can sustain price above 410, it's got a whole nother leg higher. But in order to do that, it's going to take a lot of oomph in the jar. Now, you take a look at the reason the market was up there first thing this morning. What was the reason? They had the CPI spike. Now, what was actually released? I think it was the fact that the consumer price index really didn't go up all that much or hardly at all month over month. Okay, fair enough. It's not like they've broken the back of inflation. That's A number one. Doesn't change any of the facts that existed a minute earlier. That's number two. Now, maybe it helps the Fed analyze the data during their meeting, which they already had the data anyway. In fact, they probably make it up to begin with. But either way, was that really cause for that kind of a super spike on that kind of information? That's what was running through my mind. That's why the alert went out. And of course, we put our money where our mouth is. That's the result at the end of the day from this trade that I took. Maybe it goes in my face tomorrow after the meeting. That's certainly possible. We have a plan for that. This wasn't meant to be a day trade. But I just want to show you that we're putting our money where our mouth is. The alerts for the benefit of the members go out at the right places. I wait for the right place at the right time. We pull the trigger, and it's like a sniper type of situation. Some traders got a lot more out of it. Traders could have played this, and it was in the original alert. 
in a variety of different ways. What I chose to do is what I was putting on the board and I said was going to be on the board early in the morning when I also gave traders the option to do a lot of other things based on the fact that it was in directional trade. We had traders make a small fortune today. It's not every day you get a 10-point move in the SPY, 100 handles in the S&P, right after you take a trade, I might add. It's okay to get a little lucky sometimes, too. What's going on inside the numbers? Well, the early stuff at zero dark 30 really didn't matter because we were waiting on the CPI Kabuki release anyway, and they blew through everything. So this stuff didn't matter. You can read it anyway. It's on the board. It was on the board. But let's go past the holy smokes part is all we can say for the CPI spike situation. So here's what I put on the board at 841. Current game plan looks like the following. Inflation cools in November. Markets go higher, anticipating the Fed will slow the rate increases sooner than later. Talk about a setup for a sell the news event. Well, it was a sell the news event. It was a sell the spike event today. But that was on the board at 841, and you can already see what was in my mind in terms of formulating the trade. I was what they call in the trading parlance, licking my chops. And oh, by the way, we might as well reiterate 848 for the record. This falls into the category of weird stuff happens during quad witching options expiration week. And remember the spread between the March and the outgoing December futures contract. We talked about it a couple of times already. Well, there you have it. So this all falls into the category of the unknown, watch out for what you don't see, weird stuff happens, all that stuff, especially on a week like this. All right, let's see what else we have. 9.15, pretty simple from here. Here's the setup. We're setting up the morning trade. Right out of the gate, 4.10 is the pivot. That's the early pivot. That's what we're looking at around the opening bell. Tells us whether the bull case or the sellum case is being activated above and the door opens for 411.75, which was another pivot high. Now, here's where it gets important. Below 410 and they could drop to 407.50, give or take. Big swings in both directions. So there are two traders out there. There's one trader that wants to short the market and they want to take a ride down. There's another trader that wants to buy support and take a ride up. And then there's a third trader that wants them both. So what we're saying is under 410 is the bear case. You're going to be able to ride it down to 407.50 if you want to take a trade like that. And then there's probably a long trade at 407.50 if they can get there in what I like to call a hurry formation. We'll go to the chart in a moment, but let's see what else we have. The day hasn't even started yet. If they run up to 411.75, there's a short up there, sure, but they didn't do that. The morning thieves were trying to do that in the pre-market right around that time I was writing that post. I was getting a little pissed off. So now the opening bell happens, and what do you know? Let's go to the videotape. Right at the vertical is today's activity. 410 is our pivot. I was not a shorter at 410. I wish I was. 410 was our pivot. Some traders were a shorter at 410. I was a shorter for the swing trade. From an intraday perspective, I was looking for a bit higher to put on an intraday short trade. That's me. They pulled back and then they ran a test of what? 410. Now that, my friends, was a good short. I didn't get it. I didn't take it. 
but that was a short that some traders did take the retest of the pivot. Where do they find support? 407.50. What was the low? 407.40, and they ripped back to retest the pivot 410, the big fat round number, 25 handles, give or take, in the S&P. So here you have it, 933. 407.50, give or take, is the first place of support, while under 410. They can bounce the tape there. High risk for those that want it. It's high risk because you have a huge amount of space. So if they're not going to find support at 407.50, they could scale downward rapidly. So traders need to understand that. That's why I put high risk. It's for your benefit. 410 is the pivot. By 938, for those that took the long trade around 407.50, you need to book profit along the way. They start with a scalp with potential. 408.40, give or take, is the next target after the scalp. The scalp portion is over. The rest is history. You saw what happened. They went back to 410. 410 is the pivot. Read the notes. Go back to the chart to double check the work. Here's where we start talking about do we have a gap in crap on our hands? Now, I'm already in the swing trade at this point. So, with a long trade under the belt and a short trade operating, it's a pretty good morning already within the first hour. So, 10.22, do we have a gap in crap on our hands? Well, time will tell. Maybe we do, maybe we don't. At present, I'm a spectator, not willing to put the profits from the recent trade, the morning trade, at risk just yet. However, you need to know because that doesn't mean you're not. So if there's a possible trade, you're going to want to know about it. 404.95 down to a spike of 404 is still a support zone they will normally bounce from. That's pretty crystal clear. And I'm just saying, I'm not interested at present. Something for everyone. 404.95 down to 404. It's a zone. You can see here they gave a couple of bites at the apple. 404.95 they bounced off of. And then 404, they bounced off of. And then once they got below, the next stuff was activated. Pause the video. Read the notes. Go back to the chart to double check the work. It's all in here. Everything you need to know in terms of the numbers, where to expect resistance, what's the pivot, where is support. Read the notes. Go back to the chart and double check the work. Nothing happened with stocks on the move today when the market took off in the morning. That takes away opportunity with stocks being down into support levels. Everything kind of went into float mode right away. A couple more things I want to wrap up on the S&P or the SPY. One is, we don't know what's going to happen after the Fed announcement, the press conference, all that stuff. We know it's going to be back and forth for a while. They'll pick a direction and go. If they're going to collapse, they're going to collapse pretty hard, I would say. If they're going to rally, they're going to get past today's high. It's going to open the door for a whole nother leg higher. We don't know which one it's going to be. Don't guess at it. Let the market tell you while it's on the way. You don't have to have the whole thing, but if you can have a piece and you want a piece of it, have a piece without the mainly guessing portion. For me, it's not really a tradable event. I'm more of a spectator in the afternoon while they whip the tape around. What else did I want to discuss on the S&P? What I wanted to discuss was how all charts act and react the same way. Where have you heard that before? It's really the tenant of what I teach in the course, Lazy E-Mini Trader. Let me show you something, case in point, of what happened. If you're watching the tape during the trading day, 
and you're watching a variety of time frames, you can see this stuff unfolding. Watch this. We're back to a five-minute chart. And just focus on this downturn in the late afternoon. So I'm not saying this was tradable late in the day with time running out on the clock. We're just making a point of what happened and why it happened when we look at a variety of charts. But that little downturn comes from a high of around 403 and change, 403.20. This high was 403.22, all the way down to a low of below 400. That's over 30 S&P handles in really a matter of minutes. It was a pretty quick drop. So something was happening. The market was doing something. Was it a tradable event in either direction? Well, on the way down, probably not so much. Those are not easy trades. Certainly late in the day, you can get whipped out pretty quick and they're already down before you really know it. But what else happened? Well, let's go to a 10-minute chart and see if we could see anything. Well, all of a sudden, you go to a 10-minute and you say, well, wait a minute. Did they just run a test of a breakup candle low? Is that all they did and then they bounced up? Well, maybe, but let's go on and see if there's something else. What about the 15-minute chart? Same candle over here. Is that something that happened? Well, I don't really see the same situation, so that wouldn't have caught my eye on the 15-minute chart. What about a 20-minute chart? Well, maybe. Check it out. You have a breakup candle low, big down candle. This is the 20 minutes it happened in, and that's a pretty scary decline while you're in the midst of it if you may not have an understanding of what's actually happening. And then I see the 30-minute chart, and I see what's going on here. They're essentially making, forget the wicks on either side, they're really making a bull flag pattern, and then all of a sudden they run a test of this breakup candle low. Now, at the bottom, you don't know they're going to bounce. But what I'm saying is when you see them bounce right back up, this was a test. This is a bull flag pattern. And this is telling you there's another leg higher. Now, you ran out of time at the end of the day, but they did try for that next leg higher in the last 30-minute candle. Pretty interesting stuff. It's all how you want to view the charts, how you want to view the tape. How you want to view the price action. This is a view into the participants. What's going on over in Camp IWM? What did they do today? They ran a test of the breakdown candle high. That's it. Period. End of story. They crapped out. They filled their gap. But they finished not at the lows, but they certainly didn't have what's called a recovery operation. Again, we don't know what's going to happen after the FOMC announcement tomorrow. So it's a wait and see. Right now, we're waiting on the Fed. Same gap and crap. You're going to see the same gap and crap across the board. Transportation folks ran a test of a breakdown candle high, spiked it pretty good, almost to the other high over here. This was from the 1st of December, and then they had the crap out. Same thing on all the charts. Some filled the gap. The S&P did not fill the gap. The Q people did not fill the gap, I believe. Let's double check. Closing print, 285.58. The low today was 285.91. No gap fills. So the equity markets in terms of the Qs and the spiders don't fill the gap. Other markets inside baseball, inside the indices, the sector type stuff, the transports, small caps, Different story. So you have some divergences. Can't really take anything away from that right now, but it's good stuff to know at present. Financials, same routine, gap and crap. You're going to see gap and craps all over the place. The only thing that can rescue the financials at this point is having the rescue operation getting above that 
20-period moving average and then closing back above this breakdown candle high and then today's high, that would set the motion for another leg higher. We don't have that today, but you have to know both sides of the tape. Remember, we're the umpire calling balls and strikes. Smash Mouth didn't fill the gap, so we had the gap in crap. But again, when you look at this and you say, hey, check it out. They were in this range. They tried to break out of the range. They closed back inside the range, which isn't necessarily a totally bearish thing on this chart. They're above all the moving averages, haven't even come back to fill the gap from yesterday just yet. There's nothing necessarily bearish on the SMH chart. So again, you have to look at these charts objectively. Each chart is independent of one another. It all depends on how you want to look at it and what you take away from each situation. You see, the SPY chart doesn't necessarily look the same on the daily chart as the SMH. It's not the same channel. It's a different situation going on. So when we don't have the same pattern, we recognize why we treat each chart independent of one another. They're not all doing the same thing all the time. Day to day, they're gonna do different stuff in large part, they're going to make big moves together. If the market is up or down 5 or 10%, they're all going together. But they give you hints of things to come. They don't always pan out. Some are better canaries in the coal mine than others. The SMH is a good proxy or canary for the tech space as a whole. So it's worth putting on a sticky note, writing this stuff down. It's a puzzle piece until it's not. If I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you, without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.